Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever created. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Uh, this is Vincent Williams. It's also Wednesdays, 8 to 10. Tonight, we are journeying back to 1976 to visit Philip Michael Thomas, mm. Irene Cara, mm. Mary Alice, mm. and... Vincent's personal favorite, Lynette McGee. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> In director Sam Osteen's Sparkle. And joining us for this trek along the mission, it is none other than Philly, Philadelphia's very own rock star, the owner of the celebrated only East Coast comic book shop owned and operated by a black woman. Mm. One of the, and the only one to adorn her own very special variant cover of a Marvel comic book, which blew out of stores. You the superhero or is Riri Williams a superhero? I don't uh, know. It would be Riri. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the Amalgam Tribble herself. It is Arielle Johnson. All right. Thank you, guys. I'm really happy to be here. We are really happy to have you here. Yo, what's up? Yeah, what's up, man? What's up, man? Now I have documentary proof that I know her. <laughs> Very true. Like, you know, you tell people, you know, it's like that picture that floats around that dude at the prom with Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, that dude is somewhere every night talking about he went to the prom with the Beyonce. And people are like, man, shut up. So now we have proof. You do. That we know Ariel. Yes, and I'm very happy to know you guys. All right. It's an honor. Ariel, you are the owner of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, which has celebrated one year of existence now. Yes. Wow. That is crazy. Celebrated a year in December, right? Yep, December. It, it was news all over the place. It was news on CNN, on on on, on websites, and on and in news news uh, media all over. When you opened up the store, and it's from what I can see, it hasn't stopped since then. With that, I know we've talked before. This unexpected explosion. Of of uh, of renown that has come your way, <laughs> sure, <laughs> it has, it has. With, with that, how has that changed your life? I mean, I, I, it's all good. Count it all for good. Um, just just super super busy. I'm I'm working a lot. I'm tired most of the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's all good. I it's not anything that I thought it was going to be, you know, I thought like, Oh, I'm going to be a small business owner. So I, you know, knew it was going to be hard work. And I kind of had in my mind what it would look like. And it just looks completely different. I'm still just surprised at the number of people that still want to talk to me. It's like, you still want to talk to me. Oh, okay. So, you know, so that's weird. It'll always be weird. Um, especially because I'm, I'm, I am an introvert. So it's I'm not antisocial, but I am an introvert. So it's um so it's just kind of ironic that now I'm in a position where I'm always having to speak to people. Yeah, right. right. And when I would rather like be sitting somewhere like reading a book or knitting, so. <laughs> <laughs> not talking to anybody. <laughs> it is exciting, yeah, Vince. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My knitted goods are uh, legendary. All my friends want one. None of them have anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you have a, a new market to broach. So they're not only legendary, they're mythology. Yes. <laughs> Was there any one time or one incident when it, that happened that really made you like turn on, on, on your heels a little bit like, oh, it's going to be like this? You know what? I mean, initially, so when we we opened December 2015 um, and there was a Daily News slash Philly.com article that just blew us up mm -hmm. um, in a way that I did not anticipate. And, you know, was was thankful for the, the coverage. Um, the journalist, Jerome, who did the write up, you know, it was like, oh, thank you so much. You know, and then 
that the weekend after that came out, it was just we were like trending on Facebook. MTV was like doing write ups about it. Now, mind you, everybody who kind of wrote about it didn't actually talk to me or anybody from the store they were like reading other articles and like yeah um, pulling it together and pulling together together. yeah but it was still just crazy that we were just in all these places just all of a sudden right um and you know so the store saw a big boost in traffic and you know i would come in and it would be like a madhouse and i would literally be like what the hell is going on in the store right now um but then you know you you think it's going to die down and you know it dies down a little bit because people are used to you or so you think but then you know every time we've done i feel like anything it you know it blows up again um mm-hmm. you know we we were able to have john lewis in the shop we were able to yeah. have tanasi coats in the shop yeah. so that was like a renewed like oh my goodness amalgam and then um with the iron man cover the demand for that we were not ready for, um, you know, in my business mind, I was in a panic, like, Oh God, now we're going to have all these books and we got to get people to buy these books. And then that was not an issue. We were getting, um, you know, requests from all across the country, uh, internationally, like nice. we, we've sent books to London and, wow. uh, the one guy, I think the other guy was from Sweden, um, that just wanted this book. So it was just like, Okay, you know, again, you know, again, for me, I'm thinking, I was like, well, I know my sister will buy it, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know what's going to happen to the rest of them. Um, But yeah, so it's it's been just a a roller coaster. And and quite frankly, it's, um, you know, we are just trying to keep up. Mm -hmm. A, A lot of times I feel like it's the store, what the store is and what the store represents is so far beyond me now or anything that I am actively doing. It's its own animal. And and I am very much just trying to keep up, trying to keep up. (laughs) Well, we are very happy and very proud of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We are. I joke, but I, I got, you know, people know I'm a comic dude. People know I'm in Philly. I've gotten a dozen phone calls. And do you, have you heard about this shop? Do you know this? And you know, we've made at least three or four trips with people that have come into town. Like, we got to get to Amalgam, and I bring them over, and you know, especially young girls. Yeah, you I know, mean, young women. Yeah, and like I said, I know myself. I've had three trips where it's like, and here she is, <laughs> Ariel Johnson, usually running around like a crazy person. Right, so, I, I. As far as like self esteem goes and and all that stuff, it took me a long time to get there. I feel mm-hmm. like I was probably some, somewhere in my twenties before I really felt comfortable with who I am and happy with who I am and and saw myself in a positive light. And I just don't want other young girls, especially young black girls, to have to wait that long. You know, to have um, somebody just you know letting you know that it's okay to be who you are. Um, yeah. is is really important to me. That's cool. That's yeah. pretty dope. I'm putting it out there to people because a, a ton of people come to you and they always want to do stuff there. They always want to do something at, at Amalgams. And I'll be honest, you know, we, the Black Tribbles, we do more than a fair share at Amalgams. Um, at your invitation, I'm glad to, glad to Oh, say. yeah. Always happy to have the Tribbles. Always a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm putting it out there because I don't know if, I know that I couldn't. I don't know if the Tribbles could pull this together. But there's one event that I would love to see really happen there. Maybe it has, and I just, you know, it's that one Tuesday when I'm not at the store um, that is going down. I would love to see, like, just a really crazy, hot, fire, late night dance contest at your shop. A dance contest? Yes. I would win. <laughs> Knitting, reading books, dancing. She's got in. She she she's a triple threat, ladies. A renaissance woman. Don't forget that that axe throwing. Oh, that's oh, right, right, right. I forgot. Also, axe throwing. I forgot about the axe throwing. Yes, yes. This, uh, yes, she is a, a triple threat and a medieval woman. Yes. That is exactly what she is. Asked her, what was she getting ready for? She said, I'm just getting ready. And I said, okay. <laughs> you never know, but I want to be ready for whatever. Right. It's a beautiful thing that you got going over there in the Malcolms, and uh, we wish you much 
bigger and better success for you and for the store and for the staff there because your staff is like yes (laughs) pitch perfect love them all to death all right so let's get into this um uh, into a little bit of movie talk we review pootie tang yes yes which i understand is uh, along with being a favorite of vince's is a favorite of yours ariel i do i pootie tang came out when i was i think a freshman in college Mm -hmm. and I've seen it several times. See? Great minds. Yeah, I guess that's what you call it. Um, <laughs> I want to be invited to a Biggie Shorty party. <laughs> Air can't get in. And you can't get in. It's very difficult to get to a Biggie Shorty party. From the Power Principle uh, at New Mutant on Twitter. Oh, my God. Michelle Mission's Vince used the word flicked Afflicted. It's true. I grew up using that word, and only a few years ago, I figured out what it was. <laughs> there what? you go. There you go. Yeah, so you did do that. I, I did. <laughs> I use it all the time. <laughs> and Daryl, uh, at Daryl Daryl on Twitter, said, I like this review way more than I like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just might watch it again. <laughs> I'll take that. I will take that compliment. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh there you go. Hey, Pootie Tang is uh it's it's it it is it a, it's a I'm not even gonna say an acquired taste. Like I said when we reviewed, I think people like it or they don't. There you go. That's that's exactly what it is. I think that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But people who like it love it. <laughs> Yeah. People who like it love it. That's true. That's yeah. true. In that way, it is, like I said on the review, like The Last Dragon. No. It is. No, because people stop, that like The Last Dragon, they love it. Trying to slip in your wrong editedness <laughs> about The Last yeah, Dragon. You throw so much shade at The Last Dragon. It's, it's not even funny. I don't understand you know it. The bad that p- is a classic. At this point, he's, a just, classic. he's, he's like he's like a Civil War reenactor. Like, he, he's just sort of doubled down on his wrongness. <laughs> like, they're over there with Flash talking about the South will rise again and Lynn standing next to him saying, The Last Dragon isn't good. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I just compared you to Confederate flag holders. How you like that? Damn, Vince. Like those cut me deep. Bro. Those islands in the Pacific where like they all they found like them old Japanese soldiers <laughs> that, that were still fighting and didn't know the war was over. <laughs> that's that's me. you. That's, me the last <laughs> that's you in the last dragon. <laughs> He's like a Japanese soldier with a beard down to his ankles. Here's the thing. See? See, here the, we go. The last dragon. Here we go. And even by your estimate, even by your admitting, it is a badly made movie. You will, you will, you will give me that, correct? I, 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 I think, I think your description. <laughs> oh, look! Oh, you being so slick right now. <laughs> you being so. so I, 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 I think that is an, an an elegant description of the quality of the film. Nice. Like I would say. Oh my god! Oh my god! You're so full of it. You're so full of it. There are movies. Aren't we here to talk about Sparkle? There are movies that are bad movies. See, but there are legitimate classics, either because of the aesthetics or because of the effort that was put forth, uh, or maybe some of the acting or their place in history. Right. And, and I think that there was effort put forth in The Last Dragon. I think it has more going on than you give it credit for. I think the leads are weak, which I said before, but I think you... you but Tamak is so pretty. Oh. He's pretty. It's, you You really picked the wrong episode about <laughs> Tamak being pretty. Because it's the prettiest man I've ever seen in my life. Right here. <laughs> Right here on Sparkle. This man is so pretty. 1976 full of Michael Thomas is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> there are points in this film, and now I've moved into Sparkle, where I actually have in my notes where he would come on screen and I'd say, are you serious right now? <laughs> like, is this for real right now? 
Yeah, right. the scene where he's like leaning with a shirt off, I was confused. It's ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> when he's at the construction site. Yeah, because oh. I, I watched it twice and I must have looked away the first time because I the second time I was like, wait, I didn't see that. <laughs> I didn't see that him, scene. Him in the tuxedo. <laughs> Him in the sweater, wiping the dust off of the record when Sparkle comes to see him. <laughs> him in the red sweater when he's performing next to uh to sister. It's like, you know how bad Lynette McKee is. Lynette McKee is so fond that she's fonder than 1976 Philip Michael Thomas. Because there are a few things that are finer than He is a beautiful film. woman. <laughs> We should probably start. Like, we should probably start I, talking about probably, like Sparkle, like 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 dropping dropping the trailer right here, right here. Jump, jump, yeah. It's a long way from the ghetto to the number one spot on the musical charts, but Sparkle, Sister, and Dolores had to start someplace. It's the 1950s, and there's a new sound in music. Friends of mine are having a party tonight. Thought you'd like to come by so we could share your success. Your heart's within me, they send me just for staring me down. Soon the group was on its way to the big time. I'm so turned on and time, it shall I got to move around. Let me see. Come wait that! Come and talk me! Mayfield Sound is back. Five new sensational songs from another spectacular Curtis Mayfield score. Some of it was singing. A lot of it was loving. Most of it was living that brought success to Sparkle. 1976 is Sparkle. Where I got this stuff. All right, Sparkle. Um, American musical drama. Directed by Sam Osteen, released by Warner Brothers Picture, uh, inspired by The Supremes, The Sparkle is a period film set in 1958's Harlem. It presents the story of a musical girl group that ends up breaking apart due to individual issues each one faces. It features Irene Cara, Lynette McKee, Dwan Smith, Mary Alice, Dorian Haywood, Tony King, um, and the aforementioned Philip Michael Thomas. And you have to mention who wrote it. Uh, this was written. It was the uh, screen screenwriting debut mm-hmm. of a young Joel Schumacher. Yes, who will, that Joel Schumacher. Who will go on to direct such other heraldic classics as Batman and Robin. Um, <laughs> I like to call it Batman's nipples. <laughs> yes. um, but... 
This also is a muse, uh, movie that features music that was composed and produced and a score that was also produced by the uh, legendary Curtis Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And Sparkle is a movie on this trek of the Michelle mission that was um, selected by our guest, Ariel Johnson. So, Ariel, why Sparkle and what impression did it leave on you? Um, I wanted to do Sparkle uh, just because I had never watched it. And I don't know how that's possible because The Last Dragon was in my blood. <laughs> I, right. I like slept next to my next my Last Dragon tape but had never seen Sparkle. And I don't know if it was just I was younger. And so, you know, like clearly The Last Dragon had some like super supernatural things happening and, mm-hmm. and Breaking in Beach Street which was my other movies were dancing movies and I like to dance so I don't know if this was just something that I didn't have an interest in and nobody ever sat me down because I feel like all the people around me love Sparkle but I had never seen it not, right. not like right. start to finish I'd seen sure. like scenes um, so I was like you know what I gotta you know check my black card I gotta <laughs> yeah, yeah. watch Sparkle um, and so now watching it as a 34 year old in 2017, immediately the thing that stuck out to me was uh, these guys are questionable. No means no, <laughs> fellas. No means no. From sticks to satin to the dude who was oh, in satin is crazy. To, to the dude that was in Dolores's face. I was like, these dudes That's need ham. to check themselves. Man. I was like, this is crazy. And I was like, and again, and, again, and, and so it was uh, funny to me because I was like, man, if I would have watched it, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I probably would have been like, oh, that's just, that's just how guys are. And now I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's how guys yeah. are. Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's the times. And it's just funny how you, you, you know, your, your way of thinking evolves and your way of understanding evolves. But I was definitely like <laughs> alarmed from the beginning. I was yeah. like, oh, I don't know about this. I felt that way too, like especially the scene where Levi Dorian Harewood has sister in the car. And, yes, and that's supposed to be kind of like a like a little romantic, like that's how they get down. Hey, he, he, he taking it. Hey. Yeah, I was like Doc Shannon, what you doing? I call him Doc Shannon from Pollen, <laughs> uh, so he'll always be Doc Shannon to me. I was like Doc Shannon, and he'll wilding out. She said no. In Levi's defense, she does seem like she's into it a little bit. Wait a minute, wait a minute, and then she takes her gum out. <laughs> Okay, that was the sign. I said, oh, sister. Sister. Sister's out of control from the very beginning. She is. Oh, and you know what? So another thing that was interesting to me, um, Mary Alice, Mm -hmm. right? Well, she is beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Every time she entered a scene, I was like, oh, my God, that is a beautiful woman. And I'm so used to seeing her older. Like in Beach Street, she's older. Mm -hmm. You know, different world, she's older. Matrix, you know, clearly she's an older woman there. I've never seen her just so young. And I'm sitting there thinking like, and I'm supposed to believe she got three girls as big as this. It's like she just she just looks radiant yeah um but i thought it was interesting because especially given the time and given that she's like a single black mom with these four black girls she is very i don't want to say less but she's very um open to letting them i guess like explore who they are like even when her friend kind of says you need to check Check sister and she's like oh she's just free-spirited she's like her dad you know what i mean but she's not like you know i think of black single mom household because I came from one and like you know the hammer is like you're not going to do that like there is no question you're going to be in this house you're not going to be here or there or talking to this guy that guy but she you know talked to them and and was there for them and you know when she checked sister about you know this is he is going to bring you down and she says that but she still like steps away and lets her make her own decision Mm -hmm. you know for good or bad but I just thought that was interesting given like the time period and and you know like the 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 situation there because that seemed very foreign to me and I wonder why they like made that choice because something about that just seemed off because I was just like man just I think about all the black moms I know I was like a lot of this just would not have happened so I just thought that was an interesting choice yeah I thought I kind of thought that too I I bought a little bit into the the relationship she had with sister played by Lynette McKee because she obviously was 
of adult age, or at least what would have been considered adult age at right, that time, right. which was probably like 18, 19 years old. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I bought into that. And I also bought into um, looking at her age in this film that she was probably a woman that probably had had sister when she was, a you know, nothing more but a sister herself. Mary you know? Alice was 35. When she the did this movie, was thirty-five when the yeah, so, so yeah, so, oh, wow, so, okay. so chances are she probably she had probably sister when she was like a young buck when she had her too. So mm-hmm. that does color how you 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 look at the world and t- try to deal with your your kids. She certainly seemed like she was having had more of a stronger hand on Sparkle and on Dolores, especially Sparkle, right? Um, right. And also, I think that it may have been. Um, uh, a testament to the life that she was living. She was a single. She was a single mother, but she was also a single mother that was never home. She was right. getting up in the middle of the night right. to go to her job, four a.m. Yeah, and yeah. then coming home, you know, dead tired at night. Right. You know what I mean? That's why when they saw her ironing, they was like, "Oh, mom, you spend all day ironing for these white people." Like they they weren't even used to seeing her do the housework because. Probably not even used to her being home right. like that. You know what I mean? So um, I that that's how I like reconciled that in my head. You know? Okay. Yeah, that it. makes sense. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like she's just tired. Like she's just tired, and and I think that comes across that she's sort of tired all the time. And you mm-hmm. know, even when she does go and check up on sister at the um at the club that you know it's a heavy implication that it's at the prodding of miss miss waters yes who is you know sort of the neighborhood busybody. yeah she knows in everybody but, business <laughs> but at the same time you know she kind of serves a purpose and i you know obviously we got a whole lot to talk about can i just say it took me 25 years to figure out that that character that kim wayans plays on in living color is a play on miss waters know how she plays the nosy neighbor yeah mm-hmm. but you didn't hear me say it oh okay that's miss waters and i never i never picked that up i didn't pick that up either me neither now I'm i have never, to rewatch it. It, it she actually sounds just like her so oh, interesting. But, but it's funny you said you hadn't seen sparkle because i i didn't see sparkle probably till i was in my mid-20s okay. which and it was the same thing it was like this weird kind of hole in my kind of black exploitation black movie education i don't know if that's something that other people have and i think part of it is the soundtrack was such a huge part of my life and it was always around where you know it's almost like you feel like you've seen it because you've heard the because you've heard the soundtrack you you know aretha franklin on the soundtrack so much right that it was weird but you know i like sparkle i like sparkle a lot like i'm a you you know it's i'm i'm fascinated by these 70s period pieces Mm-hmm. Like you have this weird vein of movie, you know, we were talking about bingo long before we started taping where in the seventies, they were making these period pieces, but they still are kind of seen through the lens of the seventies, which is, mm-hmm. this is very true of this. film. So, you know, like this is set in 1958, but it very much feels 70s. like a movie from the seventies. Yeah. Yeah, that I would agree with that because I when I you know when it comes on and it says Harlem nineteen fifty eight and then just watching it I didn't feel like it was nineteen fifty eight. No, right, right. Yeah, I yeah, did me not. Neither. Not at all. Love Irene Cara in this. Like I think Irene Cara does such a great job of sort of portraying a girl at the beginning and then she sort of transforms into a woman by the end. Like when you, what I thought you were going to say when you're talking about the sketchy men, like she tells um philip she tells sticks i am 15 years old well yeah i mean that stood out to me too and then i was thinking what is the timeline of this movie because by the end of it you know her mom is encouraging her about sticks like i think he's a fine man but i'm like how much time has passed because she was 15 when this started you know what i mean probably an old lady of like 17 18 by the end yeah i mean that was just again and maybe that's the thing again for me to disconnect the the time yeah. uh, like the time period that it, it was a different it, time that age was seen as older because yeah. people got married mm-hmm. at 18 mm-hmm. you know whereas now it's like well i'm Just i'm a, living my life you know yeah, right. and and but there you were starting to settle down so again it was just like a weird disconnect right. for me i it's funny you you mentioned about irene karen i'll get to her in a moment but when i watched this film um I get the feeling like 1958, but it feels like the 70s. Mm-hmm. 
But the thing that I I can't help but watch this film and just see so many missed opportunities, but not missed opportunities by the film, missed opportunities by Hollywood, because like you say, you know, Philip Michael Thomas, you know, yeah, he's a pretty brother in this movie. But he also a beautiful woman. Actually, actually. <laughs> that, that's actually what you said. What I actually said was 1976. Philip Michael Thomas is a beautiful woman. That's what you said. That's but I'm I not said. going to be like you and be all and, and be all slick with Philip Michael Thomas okay. like that. I'm all gonna right. give I'm gonna give the man his jewels, right. and he's a, he was a good looking man. Right. Um, but what I was left left with this movie is that not only that he is he shows the chops to be a good leading man. Yeah. In this movie, Absolutely. you know, Lynette McGee shows the chops to be a bona fide superstar. Just tell yeah. me, go like when it's time for me to go for Lynette McGee, you <laughs> say go. Not then, yet. Not all yet. right. All right. Just, you know, but and put me in coach. And with that, I'm just surprised that, you know, my thoughts about the film in whole, notwithstanding, mm-hmm. I'm just surprised that they weren't afforded the opportunities to further on that path if only just in black movies right i mean dorian haywood you know i think yeah, dorian haywood is cool and, and and he's good you know but he definitely settled into where he was going to be a very good character actor you know oh, what i mean interesting like i it, like dorian haywood never i mean he was a lead but he's mostly a lead most of the time I've seen him in lead has been in smaller films mm-hmm. or on television. Right. Because right. he definitely has the chops. But in, in bigger roles, in bigger films, he's a character actor. And he's a good character actor. Right. But in Philip Michael Thomas, you've got a leading man. You've got a man that every time he comes on that screen, you are locked in on him. There's an intensity in his eyes. There's... Um, tension in it in his body he's got the looks he's got the he's got the chops he's got the physique he's got the voice he may be the second best singer in this entire movie <laughs> maybe and, and and it's just a surprise that like i say you know in in 70 in the 1970s okay hollywood in general then they don't give a you know they weren't right, giving us right. a whole lot of opportunity but the institution of black films was fully formed by then there should have been more opportunities for these two stars to shine. Right. And I just see that. And when I'm watching this, that's when I'm like, like how did Philip Michael Thomas get to this, go from here to being second banana to Don Johnson <laughs> on Miami vice. I mean, but that was a great job though. though. That was a great job for him. No, I think that was a great job for any actor in 1983. Like, I think that's a testament to him that he got that job well see i think i think it but i think it's um it speaks ill of how culture kings is a podcast on the how stuff works network hosted by comedians jackie's neil and edgar montplacier every wednesday and friday these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports music to movies style they wonder whether or not donald glover is a genius or a weirdo they continuously decipher kanye west's tweets and behavior they also have recurring segments like queen of the week the list and top fives like marvel movies and video games listen to culture kings and subscribe on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and find out the best way to eat a taco no oh. what's the best way to eat a taco that's with your hands with your hands also with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down it's like a layer it's the layer right so that the lettuce doesn't fall off can't have falling lettuce Hollywood that he had to be second banana true. to Don Johnson That's true. who 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 can't lick his shoe and then on that show for the what the three four years that that show is a hit there maybe is two to three episodes that really focus on his character right the rest right. of the time he's just holding his jacket right you know what I'm saying and and if you see Philip Michael Thomas in this film this film alone he does more than Don Johnson has done with his entire freaking career all right and a whole lot of black actors. And let's not get started on Lynette McKee. I'm not going to go there. And I'm not going to let you go there yet. What? Because I'm going to let Ariel have a little bit more speak on her feelings about Lynette McKee in this movie. Yeah, You know what? So I, from the beginning, 
you know, I, and I knew I knew Sparkle was a sad, like a sad movie, but I didn't know what was sad. I mean, from the name, I thought something tragic happened to Sparkle. But so from the, you know, very first scenes, I just get this feel and I was like, it's her. You yeah. know, I just see it's like she's mm-hmm. the one that we're going to see like spiral. Right. So it was I was struggling uh because I was like, I I don't know if I like this movie. I just don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I just don't like to see, you know, just you see all the all the places where she's just making wrong choices, and yeah. you, you see she, when she's at a place where she's made wrong choices, but she can still come out of it, and she doesn't, and she then doesn't. she just gets to a place where she that's just where she is, and just like watching that spiral was really hard um, yeah, for me, yeah, and yeah. and but I do think it does speak to. Um, her acting because I think one of like she the transition from when you meet sister and you know she is beautiful just beautiful head to toe head to toe beautiful and you just start seeing her like as she becomes more and more strung out and it's not even just the the physical abuse because of course that was affecting her physical appearance but just like her hair didn't see this seem the same like her skin yeah yeah. like it just she kind of you know, I'm sure with makeup artists and everything, but she just kind of like you see the transition in her body, even if you she wasn't vocalizing it. Mm-hmm. So you see how far she's like starting to fall. Yeah. And then like the the montage where she's like singing that last song by herself and they're mm. breaking it up with her, like the ambulance and things like that. I was like, this is like one of the like most beautifully tragic scenes I've ever seen because it's yeah. still, you know, it's just like, you know, the talent is still there. Um, and But when she's singing, there's just like this rawness in her voice that you can mm-hmm. just tell she's kind of yeah. she's kind of at the end. And they don't um, make it clear like how exactly she died, but I assume it was a overdose and not anything like physical right, violence. Right, right, yeah, right. I, I think she, she overdosed, but just kind of seeing her on her her last and and to me sometimes i i don't know if if maybe in that moment of singing that song she knew so that was almost like just her goodbye yeah. that's how it felt oh, yeah. yeah um but yeah that was uh yes it was very upsetting <laughs> it's like this movie has made me sad <laughs> <laughs> sisters a kaiju she's a monster she's she's a monster she's attacking tokyo like i kept like when they sang hooked i actually texted uh lynn when they sang hooked on your love and they're in the red dresses i expected gypsy danger to come through the wall and fight her (laughs) she's a monster from the very beginning and as like sister is one of my favorite characters in a film for everything that you just said because you really do see it see her go down and and see you know when she's you know sister can't fly with one wing yeah sister can and that is a testament to lynette mckee and everything that you just said about philip michael thomas i've always thought about lynette mckee because that's her singing and you look at her career and her career is filled with these moments where people either just see her as a pretty face mm-hmm. and she doesn't get the acting roles that she should or mm-hmm. you you know other people kind of um outshine her for reasons that don't have anything to do with talent i mean even on sparkle like you said uh she has a nice voice like and, and she has an expressive voice but if aretha franklin's gonna do the soundtrack right. obviously you don't get to be on the soundtrack Right. Yeah, exactly. because right. 1976 Aretha Franklin is on the soundtrack and she's just one of those actresses you know from here to you know something like Jungle Fever yeah where where she's just this wonderful actress that has never really gotten her due for of you know I think it starts out like I always talk about the Brad Pitt effect where I think you have these people like I've been joking about Philip Michael Thomas and, and her but I think you have these people who are so attractive that they don't really get a chance to act for a long time you don't right. I mean look you and can then just... Lynette McKee you know when she's not looking like she looks in 1976 now she's a black woman trying to get a job in Hollywood yeah so, I mean just looking at her filmography she does Sparkle in 1976. Mm-hmm. Her next movie after that is Which Way Is Up, the Richard yeah. Pryor joint, right? Where she is, you know, pretty good in that. But not given a lot to not do. Not given a lot to do because, you know, it's a, it's a Richard Pryor vehicle, 100%. And then her next two movies, that was in 77. She doesn't do another movie until 1979. 
Yeah. That's Cuba. And then she doesn't do another movie after that until 1982. Right. Illusions. Right. So by then, you're already six years down the line. She's only done four movies. Yeah. And and wow. and no television. Now, she did a couple of, of, of albums. She did like an album with Warner Brothers, Words and Music, but mm-hmm. it didn't do anything. Right, right. You know? And it was out of print for a really long time. Yeah. Like there was a second where it came back into print, I think maybe like 10 years ago, and then it immediately went out of print. Mm-hmm. That's how that's actually how I learned that she did vocals for Sparkle. And, you know, somebody who has ears said, well, we can get Aretha Franklin to do the vocals. So Mm. it's really that really is a it's really a shame that like that missed opportunity that I see in that. Um, And she is you're right. She is so powerful in this film. Unfortunately, she's so powerful that once she does die. Yeah, it, this film is is hanging on by a th- by the thread. <laughs> Lynn does not care. <laughs> of, like I'm, uh, I'm pulling the. Punch. I'm like, why? Why are we not rolling credits? Oh, we've got to because the name of the movie is Sparkle, right? So right, we've right. got to deal with Sparkle. Um, I think it's so cute that you think Irene Cara is so fantastic in this movie. I, think I she, didn't say that. I think she has a nice... I think if you look at the beginning when you she thought, says, I'm 15, and you look at that scene when um when Styx comes back mm-hmm. in, in her whole monologue about, mm-hmm. I didn't know if I could live a second or a minute, but I did. That's the, she's, she's two different people. She's not bad in that scene. Okay, that's that all I that said. one scene. Well, yeah. that's not all you said, Vince. You won't don't want to don't let me hit rewind on you this. You can hit rewind. I said she has a nice arc. You th- I said she does a good job of portraying fifteen. Ariel, and going were you to listening to the same thing? I Is said? that what I said? I, I I don't really want to get any, but you did say that you did say you see her go from fifteen to like a full grown woman or yes. something. You said by the end, but you just say you also said that you thought she did an amazing job. Yeah, that's what you said. You did say that too. Uh, okay, yeah, she was a deer in headlights for most of this movie. Now I understand <laughs> that she was playing the whole little girl role, you yeah. know, like you know, oh, it feels too good, so it must be a sin. So you know, <laughs> why do you have her sound like an old slave? <laughs> say that i understand she was playing making the love she was making she was sounding like that for for most of the movie she sounded like that for the entire movie (laughs) outside of that one scene she is basically she is she is a blank slate on her face the entire time even at the end when she is on stage supposedly owning the stage she's supposedly owning the stage at the end she is still very there is like nothing. She is giving. She is giving nothing. She is you know giving what nothing. You know what would have helped? Heroin. Oh. She's trying to fly on one wing. Stop. I'm not going to well, go there. Well, I, I mean, so I, I agree. Because um, you know her, her voice is kind of mousy and all that, and I get mm-hmm. like she, you know, in the beginning she's 15, but I, for me, I thought the most powerful scene is when she is singing at sister's funeral. I was surprised yeah. that that was her because it was so. You know, bo- bo- uh, boisterous is mm-hmm. that the word? Yeah, and I and and up until that point, you just you she doesn't even talk that loud. So yeah, I was right, so I right. was surprised by that scene, but I agree with you. Like even at the end, where she's like, "I'm gonna sing this for my sisters, for my sister." <laughs> I was just like, like emote, like you, you know, you perform, and it's oh, like you, the, oh, that's a full oh, room, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Who who was it? Was it um? Oh my gosh, uh, who who was the headliner? For it that was, show. Uh, Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Yeah, it's like Ray Charles about to come on so set. Like <laughs> you're gonna have to bring it. Yeah, exactly. so it's just funny. And then she's like, "And my man, and he's out there somewhere." I was just <laughs> like, "You don't have to whisper, sparkle. <laughs> you sparkle, you don't whisper." So I don't know. I, so I I agree, but but I do think like that that church scene. Even when she's talking to um, Sticks about, you know, like this family's fresh out of singers, and I mm. thought that was a good yeah. scene. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's where she's scene. actually. She has know, a couple of good in. scenes, but to be honest, I feel that those scenes are more carried by the partner that she's with than her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because even the scene where she does, where, you know, she can't, can't get the song over, and Philip right. Michael Thomas has to come in and basically show her how to sing with soul. That's another. That's another moment where I wrote my notes. Are you serious? <laughs> well, the, well, I will tell you. I'll tell you one thing. Um, the he's the, a beautiful woman. The director, uh, Sam Osteen, he he's mm-hmm. smart in a lot of, in a lot of instances. I don't think this is the greatest directed movie in the world, mm-hmm. but I can see 
what he's what he's trying to do. Right. Because um, like the one aspect of when they're performance in, performing in the club, I like the aspect that he shoots that from between the audience. You right. know, so sometimes you lose sight of them and you're just catching glimpses of them under somebody's arm or something like that. I actually really like that because that brought you into into the club. But then the other thing that, it, that I thought that um, and there's a couple of things that he really did very striking playing around with the lights and darks in this yeah. in this movie yeah. a lot. Levi a, in prison. Yeah, we're, Levi we're, in we're prison. Silhouette behind the bars. It, very very cool. Yeah. And there's a very strong scene, a very powerful scene when Dolores um confronts sister in the backstage yeah. and sister like basically tells her to get out and Dolores gets out and she's completely in silhouette. Yeah. But even in silhouette you can see her face. Yeah. You can feel exactly the emotion that is on her face yeah. in that moment. I thought it was extremely very very powerful. When the mobsters grab sticks at the end you see the reflection The reflection. Of yeah. 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 There's a lot of, he does yeah, a lot it's, of it's, smart it's, it's things cool there. cool things in here. And the, but one of the cooler things I think like is when mm-hmm. Lynette McKee is singing your the song that you you love and yes. then that whole duet is that he smartly at those times locks the camera on their faces. Right. Because when Lynette McKee is singing that song, man, you if you don't fall in love with that face right there, I don't know what's happening. And when Philip Michael Thomas is singing that song to Irene Cara and trying to bring the soul out of her and he brings the wisdom of a soul out of her. Um <laughs> You are gonna be a whole lot more this Irene Carey. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, man. I don't think she. I don't. I, you know, I don't think she really sells this movie. She's I think this movie is thing. all about Philip Mo- uh, and DC Cab. That's really where you're going That's, to for defending hey man, Irene. Cara. I don't have a whole lot to defend. <laughs> like once, once you shoot your fame in DC Cab shop, you're pretty much done. Pretty much. Um, yeah, I just thought that she was. Uh, I thought. Like those scenes were like really, really powerful, um, the powerful images, right there. A, those were very smartly done. So, what do you think about waiting this long to see it? Was it worth the wait? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth the wait. Again, it's one of those things, especially with older movies. I always wish I could have seen it when it was meant to be seen. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you have a different understanding. Like again, like I, I mean the men were questionable and they were questionable then people just didn't know but again right, but right. i do, but I do were different right but i do feel like you know like you you're you're watching things through this lens that you, you so it's so it's, you're either a missing things or it's hard to enjoy it because you're like this is problematic this is problematic yeah. and i feel like as i get older and more cynical and more woke there are just movies that I was like, oh man, I used to love this movie, and then watch it, and then I'm like, this movie is problematic. Like I rewatched Police Academy recently, oh, wow. and I just oh, had boy. to stop. I was like, this is horrible. Oh, like yeah. just this is a horrible movie. It's just like that, like white guy humor where it's like let's make fun of everybody right, else right, because right. they exist. That's right. hilarious. And exactly. it's just like mm, that's not funny. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so it's like oh, so sometimes it's like man, you you can't go back. Um, I don't I don't feel like I don't feel that way with this movie. But a part of me wishes I would have seen it younger. Yeah. Right, um, right. Because I think I would have um, been able to establish like a deeper connection. Than I can establish now. Even though I, I liked it, uh, and I was actually I actually rented it to watch it like digitally, and I was like, man, I should have just bought it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but you know, it's still probably it'll always mean more to my sister than it can mean to me. Yeah, right. You know, right, just because of, of you know when I was introduced to it, just like the Last Dragon, that'll that'll always be gold <laughs> in my heart. But I try to get other people into it, and they just. They can't because yeah. because of you know times have changed and she's it's like, actually poking you with a stick right now. So that you know that so that's fair. Um, yeah. So so that's my one like I guess not takeaway, but just kind of if I was unhappy about anything, just kind of not being able to watch it when it should have been watched. Right. But I do have a question. So about the mobsters when they grab sticks does anybody really understand what that was about because i mean so i liked <laughs> i i mean so i like the sticks i said that's a good man because he he's like this white man not getting this money like yeah, even if right. i even if i die in this car sparkles money is sparkles money yeah. you know what i mean because she she is the owner of that which i thought was 
like dope but then he doesn't die they let him go and at the end the guy's like ha ha like like he like he has tested his metal and brought right, out some right, goodness right, in him right, and i was like right. what just happened i think part of i i, I want to think that part of that is that as much as they were trying to muscle in on a piece of the action for sticks and, and sparkles situation they also knew one that you know this was the friend of, you know, his maid who they obviously had some type of relationship or whatever. I don't know. Right. But I think at the end of the day, the main thing that was serving him is that he had to recognize and appreciate Sticks for who he was. One, Sticks came to him and borrowed $10,000. Sticks said, I will pay you back that $10,000 and whatever interest you say you I owe whatever interest, and it wasn't like nineteen percent, sixteen percent, and I and I was like, <laughs> the accountant in me was like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it was sixteen percent. <laughs> These guys are criminals. How <laughs> dare they? Um, and sticks paid him back, yeah, every penny, right on time. So, um, and 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 sticks' sole argument was that you helped me, I appreciated it, I'm paying you back. And now our business is done. And if you are going to be, you know, a quote unquote businessman or even mobster, to some degree, you've got to recognize, you know, gain got to recognize gain. And it's not like he didn't pay me back. He paid me back. I thought it was movie nonsense. I thought it was movie <laughs> nonsense. Like we, like, like that. Uh, you, when you said that the, the plot was is hangs by a thread when sister dies, that's the part I agree with you. Like that whole plot. Well, that's I get, true. I get the $10,000 from the mobsters and then they, they have that whole thing and, and then they point the gun and click the gun and he shakes his head and I actually put in my notes, oh, they're lovable mobsters. Those scamps. <laughs> Those, and we all know, if you know anything about the music industry, the music industry is filled with stories of black musicians who go into business with the mafia and the mafia respects them and and practices good business tactics and says, well, our business is done. Go on, Negro performer. <laughs> Enjoy the fruit of your labor. <laughs> so what kind of bullshit is this? But, you know, it's like it's a movie. And, you know, they just got to have it's a happy ending. They got to finish. You got to finish the movie. And, you know, I thought that's that's the one part of like that whole plot. I don't like at all. Yeah, I agree. And, I agree. And you know, but it's like, all right, fine. He's got to get the money. Fine. Cause, and I never put it together, but you're right. One sister is dead. See, I have my Lynette McKee yes. blonders. <laughs> so, but like, yeah, one sister is dead. Is sister is dead. Silk is gone. Levi's in prison. So you talking about, uh, satin, satin. I'm sorry. Satin. I was yeah. real. With the wavy, I think I was calling him Silk too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's satin. He's satin. He, he was definitely like straight out, like he was in the wrong time period. He was, he was seventies. You're talking about Gray Shot, the shot where they introduce him, where he's at the cockfight, oh, and yeah. the first thing you see are his shoes mm-hmm. and the and the and, and the, the shot the, from above, so you just see the hat, the wide rim face. hat. Yeah. I said, oh yeah, this this is the villain. <laughs> Most certainly, yeah, because he's—it's not even like the 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 shot is not even centered on him. No, he just stands out. In right, that scene. right, right. Tony but, King doing a great yeah, work in that yeah, movie. very menacing. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't recall seeing him ever again. Me neither. Yeah, and, and he seems like a guy who would get work in the seventies. Maybe he got worked. <laughs> I, don't I don't even know what that means. I don't know either. But but it wasn't good. Whatever it is, not at all. Um, you know what? He does seem like a guy who would get work in the seventies. Let's see what the t- oh, he did a great deal of work. Um, he was in Shaft. I don't. Re- you know what? I do remember him in Shaft. Oh, he he was. A, oh, he was in everything. He was in Shaft. He was in Gordon's War. He was hell up in Harlem. I've never seen Bucktown. Gordon. Report to the commissioner. I don't remember him in Bucktown. Sparkle. The lat well, it goes it goes down after that. What 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 what? After Sparkle, uh, he's in the last the last Hunter. Okay, <laughs> I was like, what you about to say? No, no, he, he avoided that. He was in Hunter, Last Hunter, and then then it really goes down because then he was in Cannibal Apocalypse. 
Ah, mm. uh, yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> those, those classics. Ah, uh, Cannibal Apocalypse. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Fine film. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when the uh, that's what that was his his Oscar play. Yes, was in Cannibal Apocalypse, and then he was in 1982's The Toy with Richard. Oh, Breyer. was he in The Toy? He was Clifford. It's been a while since I've seen that. I had to rewatch The Toys. You, you talking about a film that doesn't age well? His last <laughs> film was in 1995 in the film Mirage. I don't know what the film was, but his role in that was nude bar tall thug. <laughs> okay. That's that's a shame. That's terrible. <laughs> that's the saddest thing I've heard today. <laughs> he went from satin to nudie bar tall thug. That's that's a shame. Yeah, that's a shame. Tony King. You know something else that I've always liked in talking about this feeling like a a, a relic of the seventies as opposed to it's set in fifty eight. That whole exchange with Dolores and her mother, and really the whole sort of subtext, almost text, of Effie as a maid and what that means mm-hmm. of her as a domestic and, and living this. And, and you know, we kind of have talked about you see these images throughout these films. Like I was thinking about Claudine, because Claudine is a maid yeah. too. Yeah. And I thought that that was such a powerful little moment. And and but but you know to to reference your point, it's Mary Alice. Right. So Mary Alice kind of you know has this class and dignity. But are you talking about when Dolores leaves? When Dolores leaves, not because they because they have like a brief exchange with the yeah. ironing. Right, right. Well, even went... that. But yeah, when Dolores leaves and and you know goes to join the civil rights movement and get an education, I guess yeah. is the implication. But I, 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 that was crazy though. That the whole. Uh, was it Leon? It was his name. I call Levi. Him, Levi. I call him Doc Shannon. I was like Doc Shannon. <laughs> I still call him Doc Shannon. That's how I will refer to him in this film. But yeah, just I mean, oh, how I, she I thought mean, she yeah, was setting, she how she thought she was, she was setting, setting yeah. I mean, but I mean, love for your sister. So it was like, so now you dealing with this questionable dude who just in your face. And I was like, Lord. And I was like, what is she doing? I thought she was spiraling, and then she, but she had a plan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But you know, it backfires, and instead she hurts her friend. And yeah. but then, and then her, you know, I don't think she ever says like she's the reason Leon no, got shot no. or is in jail. She no, just she leaves. She just leaves. Yeah. She rolls. Which, for the record, you talking about seeing this at a certain point in your life, I think. Many, I'll speak for myself. Like when Levi introduces sister to Satin, yeah. Many men kind of wrote that down and said, "You can't just be introducing your girl to people." Like, yeah, yeah, for real. That's dog. that's not really a good move. Yeah. Good. Even though the second she said, "You're not going to introduce me to your friends," see, <sighs> see, he, he was it was it, it was gone. See, yeah, it was gone. It was gone. But man, that was that was really. I'm just thinking about back about that scene where everybody comes into the dressing room after they, you know, they had this killer performance, and Satin is just standing there in the doorway, just twirling his cigar, and he's dressed. I mean, he's a, he's a dark skinned dude, and he doesn't have the brightest colors in there, so he doesn't like pop right away. But his twirling of of his cigar, as you're seeing that scene, you you um catch notice of that and then you just see that he his eyes are totally locked they never move the camera is all over the place people are bouncing all over the place he is locked in it's a very powerful scene well done well lit it's and it's predatory yeah it is actually predatory the way he's looking at her Mm -hmm. yeah so good good job tony king (laughs) (laughs) good job you'll always have sparkles is he still alive yes he is yeah he seems like someone who who could have a little resurgence yeah you know, I don't know about that. I mean, you know, I don't see that happening. He's, got he's no longer Tony King, actually. He is now Malik Farrakhan. Okay, oh. I feel like you buried the lead. He he joined the uh, Nation of Islam. Uh, okay, back in the eighties. Okay, all right. And they did a 2014 documentary on him, "The Long Road to the Hall of Fame," from Tony King to Malik Farrakhan. What? I feel like this is what you should have led with. <laughs> do you anticipate that really being that great of a story? Yeah, I kind of do, actually. Well, go look it up. The Long Road to the Hall of Fame from Tony King to Malik Farrakhan. Look that up on Why is the he internet. in the Hall of Fame? Well, it, they didn't say the Hall of Fame of what? Could be the Hall See, of Fame now, of nudie now bars. I'm all interested. You are. I'm now I'm all interested in Tony, Malik Farrakhan. I'm sorry. I don't want to call him by his slave name. No, no, no. Go, go look that up. Hey. 
it may be just as good and and entertaining a film as 1976's Sparkle. Yes, but it won't have as many beautiful women in it. (laughs) It won't. It won't. But hey, we we always have the remake. Did you see the remake? I did not see the remake. I didn't. I I. That's Jordan Sparks, right? Yes. Yes. Um, And Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. Oh, Whitney Houston. Yeah, but I. Well, honestly, I don't necessarily think I wanted to see it, but I was like, if I watch Sparkle, I'm gonna watch the right, original right, Sparkle. Right, right. Which I don't, is what you should. I don't want to be like tainted by. It's not bad. New. I stuff, wish they'd have called it something besides Sparkle, but it's not bad. Did they not do Sparkle? Is it one of those things they call a Sparkle, but it wasn't Sparkle? It's kind of like, and I'll do it in comic book terms. It's kind of like the new Fifty Two Superman was Superman, uh-huh. but like not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like he had like the raised collar, and Lois Lane was sleeping with another dude, and you know, it's like it's kind of Superman if you squint your eyes. Okay, that's what the new Sparkle was. It was like New Fifty Two Sparkle. Who plays sister in that? Um, what's her name? I forget her. She's a wonderful actress. Um, you, you got it, Lynn. I will tell you in a second. In two thousand twelve, Sparkle. Uh, I know Tika Sumpner plays Dolores. Sister okay. is played by Carmen Ijiju. Ijiju. No, yeah. I got it. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, and Mike plays like the satin role, but he's a comedian. Yeah. He's satin struthers, but he's a self hating stand up comedian. Yeah. yeah it's oh. not, it's, See what I mean? It's not it's yeah. 52 Sparkle. <laughs> the beautiful thing about Sparkle as I was watching this, the, this, this is the other thing that left a mark on me, is that as much as this, as this is about the entertainment business, it still is very much a small film. Yes. A small story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It only really blows up. I mean, the the most it blows up is to opening to Ray Charles, and that, and that is actually at the very end of the film. Yeah. Everything true. else is still very on a small scale, which makes the stakes that much more personal, and, and, you, and you feel them That's a lot a so much more. The 2012 uh, Sparkle, they blew it up. What are you trying to get that Wait, dream girl's money? And it, and it and it and it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work because now you've lost the heart of the movie. Dream girls is what it was primarily because it was a stage play first. You right. know what I mean? So it had to be this more grander, you know, uh, experience as opposed to a which, as opposed to a film which um, can al- be allowed to be a little bit smaller, a little bit more intimate, and that's what Sparkle was. And in the 2012 movie, they just tried to blow it up, and and that's where it got lost. And it got lost with a lot of the stunt casting because everybody yeah. wanted to be in the freaking movie, and you know, they it's not bad. Like if it, if it's it pops up movie. on cable, it's a bad movie. Okay, it's, not it's a bad. bad movie. Len is the naysayer of the group. It's a bad mm, movie. You know, we all play our roles. And one other thing that just kind of stuck out to me, I was like, if I was Dolores, I would have been mad because my sisters are a sparkle and sister and I'm Dolores. It's like, (laughs) can I get a little flair, please? Because sister, I mean, if that, she just sounds like, can I cuss? I don't know. Because she just sounds like, uh, like down check chick like if you met like oh oh, yeah. oh, that, oh that's sister like that's yeah. just, just a down chick it's like she's whatever's going on she is down and then sparkle of course you know she's sparkling or whatever yeah, she's sparkling. She's but sparkling. then but but like dolores is like dolores and, and especially dolores. and especially to be the what is at least reads to me like she's the middle sister yes so it's like right. you did sister and then you dial back with dolores you don't know this next one's gonna be a sparkle. <laughs> well, what was the the youngest sister's name? Does anybody know? I don't think she was a sister. You yeah, talk about the heaviest set. Yeah, I think she's yeah. a cousin. She's just a cousin. She's a cousin. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know her name, but I know she need to lay off the cake. That I was like, <laughs> I was like, that lady needs to go. I said, Miss Waters is out of control. <laughs> out and of out pocket. Of <laughs> out of pocket in Philly terms. It's like somebody just died. Let her eat her cake. <laughs> you are a great support to Sparkle, and I like what you do, but maybe you should lay off the cake. Yeah, that was wrong. That, that was wrong. wrong. Uh, Miss Waters, played by uh, uh, Beatrice Wind. Yeah, a very noted character. About to say she pops time. up. She, yeah, pops, she pops up, up in a lot stuff. of stuff. Um, all right. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is Sparkle. Uh, well, would you recommend it? I will Ariel? recommend it. Yes, I, I think if you have not seen Sparkle, you should see it. I, I am very happy that I've seen it. I I watched it twice, uh, and I might watch it one more time before right. my my rental period is over. Right. Same here. Same here. <laughs> well, yeah, I would I would recommend it. Hey, there. Look, I I love me some Sparkle. 
I love me. And there are worse ways to spend three minutes than watching Hooked on Your Love. I don't know about that. The best performance captured on film, Vince. The best performance ever captured on film. Lynette McKee singing Hooked on Your Love. Purple Rain. I take it over Purple Rain. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Vince. I'm on tape. I don't care. I've been watching Purple Rain and Vince is controversial. That's right. I've been watching these movies almost thirty years. What about what about Vanity and Last Dragon? Come on, stop! I'm just saying. That, no, d- d- hey, she was dancing. She was, I do enjoy that, that performance, though. I know it by heart. I can do the dance, the movements. I can't. I'm trying to think of the song. Somebody, can't think of the song. Oh, I, I found happened. the place. Finally found the place for you. I need to go mm. if you want to get in. Mm. Ha ha! Step off the elevator. Press number seven. That's all you got to do to get to seventh heaven. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And that's the best performance ever put on tape, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even know how we can do anymore. We can't. So with that, we're going to get out of here. Um, all of our shows are available on MichelleMission.com, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and every place yes. you can podcast you, as well as the Black yes. Pebbles Podcast Network, and streaming live as a radio broadcast, 8 p.m. every Wednesday on WPPMLP 106.5 FM in Philadelphia, People Power Media, Philly Cam. For Vince, for Ariel, Malcolm Commerce and Coffeehouse, check him out on Facebook and on Twitter at a, at a Malcolm Philly. This is Len the Bat Trouble and Parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>